Charles Cotton where I love the let me count the way. I love the real things about you. I love your home cooking, honey. I love you. I just love your silent pictures. I love the way you move. I love your foreign accent. I love the way you put on a show. There are more ways to love New York than there are lights on Broadway. For package tours and information, call toll-free 1-800-554-3600. Watch out that that doesn't go on when the, the uh, mic is on. She's not going to affect it. Man, I got an earplug. What a crew today. But it'll pick up by the mic. No, well, what a crew today. Yes, it will. Oh, yeah, we're, that's being picked up. Can you turn it off? It's not picking it up. It's not even on. It's heavy. Get out of here. I have an earpiece. It's on. Now it's not. <laughs> it's, it wasn't even on to begin with. What was the green light all lit up then? Oh, it was. Huh? <laughs> wow. All right. Mic checks? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Hello. Uh, let's go ahead and bring the yellow one a little closer. Bring the yellow one a little bit closer. Alyssa. Hello. All right. Check. One. Oh, check one, two. Check one, two. <coughs> Let me get my little intro out here. Um, so did you explain to Doris what this podcast is all about? No. So it's a podcast I have called New York's Got Talent. Yeah. Where I bring in interesting New Yorkers and we just have a pretty, uh, informal conversation. Oh, So I've had a lot of great people on the podcast. Uh, I was talking to Alyssa last week and I was like, why haven't I had Doris and and Larry on the podcast yet? Mm -hmm. So here we go. This is, so this will be the Washington Square Park episode. Each, every every episode has a theme. Um, so, you know, last week was the Subway episode uh, where I had journalists from, um, uh, j- journalists from like AM New York uh, that account Subway Creatures. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but just like people who are involved in the Subway in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done episodes on my favorite photographers, stuff like that. So this will be the Washington Square Park episode. Um... All right, cool. So we're, we're good to go, Ryan? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 14 of New York's Got Talent, the podcast. Today we have a very, very interesting episode. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call. I'm gonna go ahead and call it the, the Washington Square Park episode because we have three of my favorite people from Washington Square Park in the building. How did we get them here? Only, only God knows. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce them uh, without further ado. We have Manhattan's longest-serving community board member, preservationist, activist, park regular, wildlife lover, the reason why Washington Square Park still exists as it does today. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Doris Deether. Hi, Doris. Hi, how are you? Thank you, thank you for coming on the podcast. It means a lot. Have you ever done one of these before? No. Oh, wow. Well, then I'm honored, because I know people <laughs> have done a lot of videos on you. Oh but yeah. You've, you've never yeah. done you've never done radio. No. Wow. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm honored. Uh, sitting next to Doris, we have the lovely Alyssa Paskin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how long have you been in 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 Greenwich Village? You've been you've 41 been there. years. Yeah, you've been there for a while while as well. Uh, and I met Alyssa probably three or four years ago. Um, met Doris through Alyssa. Did I meet Larry through Alyssa? Or met I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you met us all at this, Larry and me at the same time. Yeah. I think you did. Well, regardless, Alyssa is another uh, Washington Square Park uh, uh, friend. Uh, and then we have, and, and remember to speak into the mic because we won't know. hear you. There you go. And then we have, you, I mean, people listening to this, if you don't know who this guy is, then, then you must not uh, follow my account because he is a regular. Um, one of the first people that I ever I posted on New York Nico, Larry. <laughs> 
Larry the Birdman. Yay! Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> it's me. I can't believe we got Larry the Birdman in Canal Street Market doing a podcast right now. Can you believe that? The the yeah. only person who is able to do to, to bring all of these people together is Alyssa Paskin. So thank you, Alyssa, for, for bringing it all together on this my rainy ple- day. My pleasure. On this rainy day of all of all days. So I wanted to just get right into it. First, I want to talk about you, Doris. Mm-hmm. You have quite the history. Yes. Quite the history in New York City, Greenwich Village, to be specific. Mm-hmm. You just celebrated your 90th birthday, which I'm bummed that I wasn't able to attend, but I know my friend Tiger Hood attended. Mm-hmm. Um, Alyssa was there. Larry was there. A great cast of characters. And it was basically a celebration of 90 years of this woman who is responsible for what Washington Square is today. And, and the re- Please, go ahead. And all the politicians. And all the politicians. And a a proclamation of for Doris Doris Dither Day. There's a Doris Dither Day? Yeah. January (laughs) 10th in New York City (laughs) and New York State, has in both places, right, have been proclaimed as Doris Dither Day. And what does Doris Dither Day mean? It's the celebration of Doris's birthday. Celebration of Doris's birthday. So for the people who are listening who don't know, why does this woman deserve a, a holiday okay um the other day there was what the washington square preservationist what was the mm-hmm. meeting what was the party about with andrew berman what was it what oh that was the um, anniversary of the park the anniversary of the park and what he said and what's his how many title? years how many years it was um i don't know they've been around for quite a while but it was uh eleanor roosevelt started the park wow and so he mentioned Eleanor Roosevelt, mm-hmm. and he mentioned um, Jane Jacobs. Jane Jacobs, and then he mentioned me. <laughs> wow! As being the people that were responsible for the park. Wow! For the park being w- there today, and as it is, and I've and I not destroyed by Robert Moses. And can you talk about that, Doris? I'm sure you told told this story a million mm-hmm. times, but for the people who don't know, what was your first encounter with Robert Moses? Well, it was actually about free Shakespeare in the park, mm-hmm. and that was Central Park. And um, my husband and I didn't have a lot of money, so we used to go to free Shakespeare all the time. And this and was 1959, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Robert Moses got the idea of getting rid of the free Shakespeare in the park because a friend of his wanted to put on shows in the park that were going to charge admission. And I found out about it, and I wrote a letter to the papers, and I blasted Robert Moses. <laughs> And it got a lot of publicity, uh-huh. and they suddenly decided that, uh, you know, they would forget about getting rid of free Shakespeare in the park. Unbelievable. Can we speak a little about, for people who don't know who Robert Moses was? Yeah, absolutely. He was never elected, and yet he was the most powerful person in both New York City and Oh, he was never elected? Nope. No. Oh, I never even realized that. So <laughs> where, did, where did that power come from, Monty? Power. The Parks Department. Hmm. He got involved with the Parks Department and, and uh, made himself a reputation. So he, the parks he would grease them. Yeah. But he, he had different, he was in charge of different agencies, not just the Parks Department. Well, that was the one I had. Right, that was in, fift- in 59, it was, it was about that. But uh-huh. he, he, w- he headed up many agencies, and most politicians were terrified of him. Okay. That's how powerful he was. Okay. And he wanted to put a road running right through Washington Square Park. And now what year was that? That was in the 60s. Okay. And uh, when I found out about the road, I got a whole bunch of people. We went down and picketed the park mm. and blocked the passageways that they wanted to put the carts, cars through. And now why did they mm. want to do that? Well, he wanted the um, buildings on the south side of the park wanted to have Fifth Avenue South addresses mm. because they could charge more rent then. Wow. Interesting. And uh, so he was going to run the Fifth Avenue straight through the park. Okay. And uh, which would have completely destroyed the park. Yeah. We wouldn't have the fountain. Right. Did the fountain exist at that point? It did, and he was trying to get rid of it. Jeez. Actually, when they rebuilt the park, they moved it fifty feet from where it is. Really? Yeah. Oh, when they, they re we when they redid it a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Because they lined it up with Fifth Avenue and. Uh, uh, with and Thompson Street. Yeah. Thompson Street. Okay. Okay, but it used to sit fifty feet. To the uh, used to north. Okay. It north used to that. be in the central center of the park. Okay. And he didn't want it in the central of the park because he wanted to use Fifth Avenue as a, a, a kind of a, a 
range place. Yeah. And so he moved the fountain, and he spent all that money moving the fountain, 20, 25 feet or something. And it was absolutely ridiculous because the park needed all sorts of, you know, repairs and so forth. Mm -hmm. He spent all that money moving the fountain. Wow. This is George, though, not Robert Moses. Right. No, Robert, not George. Who are you talking about? Who's he in this case? Robert. Robert. Oh, Robert Moses. Okay, yeah. sorry. All right. So George is a new guy. He just got in there. He's okay. I thought on. I thought it was the last renovation. No, my no. mistake. Okay. So so um so they never put uh they never they never put Fifth Avenue going through Washington no. Square Park. No. Uh, how how did that? W- what happened there? Well, they we had such a protest that uh, the go- we made it so embarrassing for him about the fact that he was helping one of his friends. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason for changing the street. Right. Was his friend wanted to have the street in a different place. Oh, so was his friend a, like a real estate yeah. agent? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So he sounds like he sounded like quite the bully. Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, w- was there something from your childhood that kind of made you want to fight these bullies as as a as a woman? Well, I had a grandmother from Finland. Mm. And she was married to this guy that she didn't get along with too well. And she had several kids. And so when he wasn't looking, she brought the kids over to the United States Mm -hmm. and changed her name so he couldn't find her. Mm. And then a lot of the time she raised me because my mother and father were both working. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she raised me a, a good part of the time. And her nature, I guess, kind of transmitted to me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What was that nature? Not not to put well, up with. Not with to bo- put up with things like yeah. like her husband that she didn't get along with. Right. I uh, I read that that your f- first kind of step into activism uh, was when you were a student, when you were a teenager, and you convinced your what was it the student the student body to no the uh, teacher the teacher the teacher wanted to have a certain class of people in his class. Mm-hmm. And so he announced that uh, uh, certain people would get out of his class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of them was me. Mm -hmm. And I said, why? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you're not up to my standards. And so anyway, he said, you know, get lost. So the next day I showed up in class again. Mm -hmm. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, this is the only regents class in the subject in the school, mm-hmm. so I'm staying. So then he started picking on me unmercifully. Uh, every, you know, he kept saying this is wrong and this is wrong and so forth and so on. And um, at the end of the term, he was thinking that I was going to, you know, fail the class, and then he would get, you know, get even with me. And instead, I managed to get 65 on the exam, <laughs> and 65 is passing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it that he didn't want any girls in his class? Didn't that no, happen? No, was it was, that? was, no, it there was okay. not just girls, but there was uh, the four that he picked were women. Right. Oh, coincidentally. But, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then what, there was a story about, uh, didn't you bring a pig to a protest? Uh, yeah. We, we <laughs> What's that story? Uh, we were protesting <laughs> the rent regulations and so forth. And um, we had one guy on our group called Save the Village. One of the guys on our group was a press agent. And so he got this idea of using these pigs as, uh, uh, you know, breed and so forth. Mm -hmm. So he made a whole bunch of pigs, you know, signs with pigs on them. And um, then he decided that really wasn't going to get enough publicity. So he contacted the press and said there were going to be a live pig. So I'm standing out there with this group of people, protesters, with the signs, you know, saying greed and so forth. And uh, this car pulls up, and this woman calls out, who gets the pig? (laughs) And I looked around, and nobody seemed to be volunteering, and I said, well, I guess I get the pig. So she pulled this pig, good-sized pig, out of the back seat of the car and handed me the rope that it was tied with and said, I'll be back in an hour. And left me holding the rope <laughs> with the pig. And and just so people uh, can get a clearer picture, weren't you wearing a, a skirt and high heels? Oh, uh, yeah, I had a black, black 
dress on, right. nice fancy black dress on, and high heel shoes, <laughs> and so forth. And I had this big white pig. <laughs> <laughs> and where was this? This was in front of Rockefeller's office. Wow. Unbelievable. And the, uh, it got in all the papers. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to see that picture. <laughs> the Daily News had a great picture of me with the pig. Do you uh-huh. got it? Yeah. You do? Oh, good. I want to see yeah. it. Have you seen this, Alyssa? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Dara I'd love to see fa- that. Uh, she, she keeps fabulous uh, records of everything she's right, done right. in every write-up and stuff. Yeah. Right. And what, what else have you done, Doris? I don't want to leave anything out. <laughs> I know you have quite well, the track record. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I can bring up. What would you say is the most memorable memory you have as an activist or preservationist? That would be hard to say. Yeah. Because I get involved with things all the time. Of course. And, uh, uh, you know, things bother me, and then I get involved. And, and, um, you know, I I changed the zoning on 8th Street. Mm -hmm. I got the zoning changed on 8th Street to keep the small stores there. Oh, wow. Doris is the zoning expert in New York City. How did you get into zoning? Um, well, when they first brought the zoning out in 1960, I was curious about what this was. And so I sat down and I read the thing. I got the volumes, four volumes this thick. And I went through and I read the thing and figured out what worked and what didn't work and so forth in ter- different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started doing a course for some of the people on the community board mm-hmm. who didn't understand zoning either. And uh, I was explaining to them how it worked and so forth and what kind of things we were looking for in the village and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently CUNY found out about it. And they invited me to, to teach at CUNY. And I taught at CUNY for a couple of years on zoning. Wow. With only a high school diploma, mind you. Oh, you you didn't go to college? No, I never oh. went to college. Why didn't, why didn't you want to go to college? I just didn't get around to it. I too many other things to go on. Right, do. right. So, uh, but I, I have two favorite things about Doris that, don't, that are slightly related to her activism. One's to her activism and the other is just to Doris. One is that Doris actually has had a half-hour conversation with Marcel Marceau, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious. In the park? No, 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 years ago, years ago. Years ago, and he and was still in New York for a d- visit, and he was doing shows in New York. And we have a, a very young audience, so for those who don't know, can you explain who that is? He was the foreknown pantomimist mm-hmm. of the 20th century. Wow. And um, if you ever saw uh, Mel Brooks' silent movie, mm-hmm. the only one who speaks in it mm-hmm. is Marcel Marceau. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, wha- did you, you had a conversation with him? Yeah. What did you talk about? Oh, what he was doing and how he was doing it and so forth. Right. And then my other favorite thing connected to Doris's activism is that she saved E. Cummings from being evicted. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, I found out that E. Cummings, he lived on Patchen Place at the time, in one of those little houses, and um, his landlord was trying to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And so the landlord put in two kitchens in the in the, his apartment and take up the room mm-hmm. in his apartment for the thing. And um, anyway, his wife called me and asked me to come over and talk to him. And I went over, and E. Cummings was very shy, so he went upstairs. He didn't come downstairs the whole time I was there the first visit. And I talked to his wife, and I said, you know, if he goes public, there's no way the landlord's going to put him out. Mm-hmm. He's so well known. And she said, oh, well, he'd never go public because he's so shy. And I said, well, then he takes a chance on losing his apartment. So anyway, I left. And about a week later, I got a phone call from her saying, can you come back? <laughs> and I went back. And this time, he Cummings came down. And uh-huh. I actually met him. Oh, my God. And I talked to him. And I convinced him he had to go public. Really? And it hits the newspapers. The Daily News did a big story on E. Cummings. The landlord was trying to evict E. Cummings from his apartment by putting in two kitchens in the apartment and so forth. And so E. Cummings stayed there. Wow. I'm sure he was very grateful. Oh, yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Was he, uh, do you think he was still shy after that experience or he got he over was, it? He was shy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he really was shy. Wow. But, uh, 
at least he would talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> great. Wow. Do, do you want to share the story about y you and the mob? Uh, yeah, I think she should share that story. That sounds great. <laughs> Greenwich Village. Remember when you got the threatening phone call from the head mob? Oh, I, I think you, I think I heard the story. I, yeah, you got to tell the story. This is a good story. Remember, you were doing organizing for tenants in, you know, in the village and. And oh, down in the South Village, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the South Village was uh, kind of uh, away from the rest of the community. Mm -hmm. uh, they were most Italians, and they didn't really mix with the other people in the village. They were kind of shy about it. And uh, so anyway, I found out that they were being harassed, and they were trying to get them out of their buildings and so forth because they wanted to put a big development down there. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so I went down and I talked to them, and uh, I got them to decide to protest. And, you know, they went public, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was interesting because they always met in the kitchen. <laughs> and uh, I would go down there in one of the houses, I would, we would go in the kitchen, and, you know, there'd be about six, seven people there in the kitchen. And I would explain to them what they had to do and how they had to do it, mm -hmm. and so forth. And um, anyway, uh, I got a call, a threatening phone call from the mafia, because the mafia was wanted to do the area over again. Mm -hmm. And I got a, a threatening phone call from the mafia, but the Italians went after the mafia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't it turn out one of the ladies you were helping was, was somebody important's mother? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, wow. But, uh, Great. One of the head mafioso people's mother. Mm -hmm. That's, that's yeah. who it oh was. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so the next day, right, go ahead, talk about what happened after that. They called and apologized, didn't they? Yeah, they called, <laughs> called up and said it was, forget about it. The <laughs> mafia <laughs> called you and apologized? It, it was a terrible mistake. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> did, you, did you forgive their apology? Uh, yeah. I yeah. But, uh. Yeah, the Sapio was the head of the the mafia at the time, uh -huh. and uh, I met him a couple of times. Wow. So then, m more recently, didn't you do something about um, the uh, musicians performing in the park? Didn't they? Yeah, the the uh, new head of the park department uh, down here. Uh, do we like this guy or no? No, not really. No. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he. Uh, decided that uh, he was going to get rid of the musicians in the park and um, he was going to have a meeting about it and I found out when the meeting was and I invited all the musicians from the park to come to the meeting. We had about 20 musicians there Wow! and uh, the park's commissioner himself walked into the meeting and he knows me slightly and he said he looked at this crowd of musicians all surrounding me and said, hi, Doris, how are you? And I said, I'm fine. And uh, anyway, they started the meeting, and the parks commissioner listened for a little while, and he said, I don't think we have to worry about the musicians in the park. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow, this woman's a superhero. Yes, she is. We have is. a super yes, superhero here in Canal Street Market today. She's yeah. the one person who walks through the park, and whatever people are doing, I don't care if they're the, the, the drug dealers, the musicians, the other performers, mm -hmm. everybody stops what they're doing and goes over and gives Doris a kiss. And yep. I mean, I've seen <laughs> it. And he, he <laughs> even uh, our good friend Ricky Sires created a puppet for Doris. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. Which is great. Yeah. Little um, Doris, yes. Who's traveled the world at this point. Can, can we agree that Doris is the queen of Washington Square Park? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Every so day who's, is who's Doris the king? Day who's at Washington Square Park. Who's the king Washington of Washington Square Park? Wait, hold on. Every day is Doris Day at oh, Washington Square Park. Oh, there we go. Square there we go. Park. Yeah, the song. That's Ricky's song. <laughs> he wrote a song to Doris. Really? Oh, you didn't? No, yeah, I didn't Every day oh, is Doris right. Day at Washington Square oh, Park. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man. You wanted to party. No. Yeah, he played it for us. I should get Ricky on the show, too. Oh, for sure. Um... Who's the king of Washington Square Park? <laughs> is it is this guy? No, I'm the mayor. <laughs> Larry's the mayor. <laughs> Who's the king? Buddy. Is, yeah, Buddy's buddy, the king. Buddy. Which the one's dog. Buddy? Phil's dog. dog. Oh, Phil's dog. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. He's the most popular male in the park by far. So, Doris, what are we going to do about um, this ban on feeding wildlife in the park? Well, I think that's absolutely silly 
They said it was because of the rats in the park. Yeah, so just to well, give some... the rats some still in the park don't eat the peanuts. Sure. So to give some people some context, I've been speaking about it uh, for the past month or so, um, but for those who don't know, uh, the Parks Department is trying to put a ban on feeding wildlife in the parks. Um, so there have been a lot of protests and, and rallies, and uh, is there any progress being made? Yes and no. The, the, a local councilman is going to be introducing legislation. Unfortunately, I forgot his name right mm -hmm. now, but we can find that out. He, he spoke at the City Hall rally mm -hmm. and said he was going to be introducing uh, legislation in City Hall mm -hmm. to prevent the ban. Okay. And I really want to urge everybody to contact their, their council members mm -hmm. and let them know how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. And also Mayor de Blasio has been absolutely duplicitous about this, mm -hmm. saying he was going to look into it and then saying he was in favor of the ban but not the enforcement of right. it. And that's just utterly absurd. Which just leaves it up to any of the en enforcers. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, with the liberty of giving <laughs> issuing uh, tickets that begin at $50. Right. Now... And then if you don't go to court, then you there's a, fel a felony? There's a, no, if you don't go to court, then a warrant goes a out warrant. for your arrest. Right, right, right. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And they also said we were interfering with nature because... Of course, you know, they, they forgot we live in asphalt <laughs> jungles and mm -hmm. that there are no tr natural trees, even though the squirrels are indigenous to mm -hmm. Washington Square Park. Mm -hmm. There's no tree bearing fruit or nuts for them to eat. Right. You know, and the rats are going to be there because of the human waste. It mm -hmm. has nothing to do... They keep, they keep changing it. Now they're telling us, there's a new one from oh the, yeah. the Parks Department Commissioner that's telling us the reason we can't feed pigeons and squirrels is because there's a woman in Staten Island feeding the deer and when she gets caught she says she's not feeding the deer she's feeding the squirrels and the pigeons oh god yeah how absurd is that and also mm -hmm. people who insist on feeding the raccoons in Central Park mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so all of a sudden you know those of us who take care of the squirrels and the pigeons who are our friends mm -hmm. and if we didn't come with food would bother us mm -hmm. because they know us yeah and they sit on our laps and they tap us on the shoulder and of course they land on us all of us larry yeah. most of all yeah. larry the birdman most of all is usually covered with pigeons, pigeons yeah but there are pigeons who have adopted doris as well and mm -hmm. follow they go and on her too. walker and her so shoulder and yeah. and me as well mm -hmm. and of course the squirrels and now it's you know the squirrels are pregnant and they're, they're giving birth to babies and mm -hmm. And they, they, they're very attached to us. Mm -hmm. They sit on our laps. They tap us on the shoulder. They, they tap their chest and point to themselves. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's different. And, and what makes them say we're not part of nature? Mm -hmm. The squirrels and the pigeons are perfectly ecological. They mm -hmm. leave no waste. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the squirrels are smart enough to they, they bury their nuts. Some of them they eat later, and some they leave mm -hmm. to come to fruit. Mm. You know, we're the only ones who are destroying the environment. And even the head pep officer at Washington Square Park said the bird people, they don't leave any waste whatsoever. Ah. The birds eat everything, and the most the squirrel people leave is some shells, and that's mulch. Right. So, you know, where's the argument there? We would li I haven't uh, done it yet, but I'm going to invite the parks commissioner mm -hmm. to come and, and s to leave his office, at, you know, at the armory and, and come downtown and see what, it, what it's like and look at the children's faces as we teach them not to chase the animals but how to feed the animals. The smiles and the joy that that brings and the tourists. There's no experience they've ever had like this and the photographs that are taken. Mm -hmm. And it's those of us who feed the, the critters who also notice when they're sick mm -hmm. or injured mm -hmm. and who bring them the places that can help them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for us, you think the Parks Department personnel notices these things? Mm -mm. No. <laughs> they don't even notice the animals that are dead. You have to go tell them. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, there's a dead animal over there and so on and so forth. And usually when it's a bird or a squirrel, I'm the one that usually does it because you can never find any of them. So. Right. Yeah, Larry catches them and I bring them up to the Wild Bird Fund. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and other people. I mean, other pe of course, Tina, Mother Pigeon, helps tremendously mm -hmm. and Ricky helps when mm -hmm. he's there and... You yeah, know. there's a bunch of people that help that yeah. come too. Yeah. Like one one day I caught two birds, and uh, this lady took both of them up to the wild bird fund. She was on her way up there anyway, so I grabbed two pigeons and we put them in the uh, first a plastic bag and or a paper bag and mm -hmm. then put a plastic bag over it, 
till they wouldn't come out of the bottom of the mm -hmm. paper one. Mm -hmm. and, and and what was a couple of years ago was the woodpecker, right? Oh yeah, the woodpecker. Yeah, took him up there. Yeah, I had one pigeon that adopted me. <laughs> Every time I went to the west side of the park, the east side of the park, once I got past the statue, the, the Hobby statue there, uh, he would uh, fly over and land on my walker. Is this Opal? Opal, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and stay there the whole time while I was on that side of the park. And, you know, people in the park, you know, eventually got uh, cognizant of this and they would say, where's your pigeon today? Where's your pigeon today? You know, if the pigeon wasn't right on the top of, of the thing. And uh, I don't know where he disappeared to finally, but he was there for at least six months or more. Oh, wow. Every day I went to the park and he would land on the walker. Well, they did, I think disappeared when they were doing the, the pigeon napping, sorry. Yeah, they were doing some pigeon nappings in the park. I yeah, think. I remember that. Yeah. Do they, is that done? Where was the park's department yeah, right? personnel then? Larry even caught one of them and nothing yeah. was done about it. You caught he, he one I of the pigeon nappers? I caught two nappers? of them. Two of them. I got the guy in the van and I got the guy with them in the box. And there was, was no support. Yeah. At one of the and meetings... And the guy was standing right there. I go, man, this guy's got birds in the box. He's all world well, blah, blah, blah. And I yanked the box out of his hand. All the birds came out. Yeah. He was taking them home and eating them. He was eating them? Yeah. Oh, he wasn't the Pennsylvania, the pen, part of no. the Pennsylvania crew? Nope. This guy was eating them, what, man. What we, heard, what we heard when we went to the first meeting was there is a special uh, cop assigned to the police force, and he actually caught the, the bird nappers who were bringing them to Pennsylvania. I don't know if people are aware of this. Pennsylvania has a law that they can take the pigeons. They take their pigeons, they clip their wings, and they shoot them like as if they were clay pigeons mm -hmm. yeah. and shoot at them with real ammunition mm -hmm. and then leave them to die. Now, that's legal in Pennsylvania. However, it's absolutely illegal to come to New York and steal our pigeons. Mm -hmm. And they were doing that and loading up the vans and the trucks and bringing them to Pennsylvania. But I heard at that first meeting that they caught them. So I don't know what that, I don't know the oh, status just one, of that. Oh, it was just one person who was doing oh, that? Oh, there's, there's a crew of them that do it. There's, there's more than one. There's more than one. You'll get one, but you see, they, they're all mostly Mexicans and they don't speak English. They, mm. do, they get five dollars a pigeon. Mm. Five dollars a pigeon. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, but sometimes you know it really depletes. The, we our little pigeon friends are, yeah. are missing. Yeah. Absolutely. And and then the flip side of that is okay. So we care for the pigeons, and and uh, many of them don't have to be brought in because Larry takes care of them. The ones that have the the string and. Mm -hmm and hair wrapped around their feet so they don't leave, lose their toes yeah. and their feet. Larry, Larry comes prepared and he just, he catches them. He's so, he's absolutely stealth that way. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he always has his little scissors and so on. And he has the patience and the diligence, even though he's missing a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to hold the pigeons, keep them calm and, and get rid of the string. Yeah, I would, uh, I would implore any of these decision makers to come check out the scene at Washington Square Park because, I mean, yeah, it's, come it's on. obvious that you know, no one's doing any harm here. And I would like to urge people to call Mayor de Blasio at 917-833-2918 and Parks Commissioner Silver at 212-360-1305 or email him at mitchell.silver at parks.nyc.gov and then also the Parks Deputy, whose name is Kavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H at 212-360-1307 and it's leem.cavanaugh at parks.nyc.gov Also for New Yorkers to contact their local council person and Corey Johnson who's the president of the city council. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Do, do it. it. If Please. you don't do it. We if you don't do this. it. Larry's going to come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> With all my birds. With all his birds. So, Doris, what can, what can be done? How, how are we going to kill this ban? Well, it takes protest. Yeah. And, you know, they have people, people have to holler and, and let people know hoot about and it. Holler. Okay. Yeah, right. All right. Hopefully, everybody listening to this will hoot and holler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to. It's you not have that to it's step not that up. difficult to make a phone call. Really, you got to step up. It's not that difficult up. to share on social media, you know, let let your voices be heard, you know. Yeah, and when they have a hearing, you go to the hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and speak up. Good. Take it from Doris. <laughs> you yeah. Know, the the super super lady of uh, New York City, who knows better than her, you know. Um. So, 
Larry the Birdman. What? It's time to get into your story. Yeah. Where do we even start with this guy? <laughs> Where do you want to start with your story, Larry? Oh, hell, I don't know. I don't have a clue. I'm not used to doing a podcast what either. Brought, what brought, where are you from originally? San Diego. And what brought you to New York? Oh, boy, okay. You want to go through that story? Let's okay. do the story, Larry. People okay. need to know. People need to know. I know you're bashful, but the people need to know. <laughs> well, no. now, now that you're getting more famous. No, wait a minute. No, yeah. no, 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 wait a minute. You remember your first interview with me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. When we did the little walk around the fountain. Yep. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That story. Yeah, tell the story. Is that important to how you went, why you came to New York? No, I just came here to get away from it. Well, well we got to know. Right. But oh, yeah, go to California now. You'd love it. What, what about... You're homeless. Didn't you tell me once something about the fountain, seeing a picture of the fountain many, many years ago? Oh, that was when I was in prison, yeah. Okay, and what happened? But I also, I, I also came here back in the 80s. I, I told you I rode my Harley. Right. And I don't know if you remember it or not, Doris, when they had the, the, the tables on the side of the park over there by where your house is. Yeah. All the way down to the, to the, uh, to the arch. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So you came, ah. you came to New York on your Harley, and you're like, "This is the place that I need to." Uh, oh end no, up. that was years ago. Oh. I just came here just to see Washington Square Park. Right. That's when it was all marble. The the fountain was marble, and it was sunk down, and it was off, like 50 feet off towards the north side of the park. That was because it was right in the center of the park. Mm. Well, where that big hole is, right there, the, the end of the uh, the, the end of the. Uh, where the, gar- the uh, garden is in the center centerpiece, yeah. where that big round thing is, that's where the center of the, sta- the fountain was. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So See, I know a little bit of the history of the park. <laughs> so you, <laughs> left, you left California to leave behind your prison term and your bad memories, and you came to New York because why? I forgot what you said. Why? why to New start York? my life over again. But why New York? Why not Texas or Ohio or okay? I don't know, just something brought me here. And then where'd you wind up when you came? Washington Square Park. (laughs) (laughs) And how long were you homeless there? Oh, what, about a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Maybe less. And you and you slept on the st- steps of the the church, right? Yeah, Judson Church. Right where oh, well, Doris yeah. doesn't use that. Yep, but yeah, I slept there at the church. The pastors even know me there. And then, w- how'd you get picked up? How how? Because you have a you have a nice home now. What happened um, there? Um, the Manhattan Homeless Coalition back then, they, you know, they walked through and they'd ask you a couple of questions, and they'd ask where to find you. And you had to tell them where you slept, so mm-hmm. they'd come and check. But I cheated. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you want that to be on the record, Larry? How did you cheat? La- oh, I know how you cheat. Go ahead, tell them. Yeah, well, I chased down every van that had the homeless <laughs> coalition on it, and they got to check by my name. Really? Yeah. He's diligent. He yeah, wanted well, to get off yeah, the street but you bad. See, but you see, each one of them vans, they all had the same, the same thing mm-hmm. all over New York City. Mm-hmm. So the more checks you got, the better off you, the faster you got off the streets. Sure. A lot of people didn't know that. Right. And what what drew you to the birds? Well, I when I was homeless, I was uh, sitting right across from Paul. And Paul is Paul the, the Paul pigeon the man. Other pigeon. Yeah. yeah, well, Paul the bird man, Paul the pigeon He's man. He's the other pigeon guy. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing it longer than me. Almost 20 years. Yeah, almost 20 years. Paul actually lost his apartment in the village because he welcomed the pigeons and and, and the squirrels and to live with him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how he wound up losing his I place. I mean, he had them all over in his house. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> all the way in the bathroom on the shower rod. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so He had squirrels sleeping in his bed with him. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Wow, I would love to see that apartment. <laughs> well, he lost it years ago. He yep. lives in Queens now. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, how'd you get into the how'd you get into the birds? Well, yeah, well, when I first got here, Everybody always wanted to smoke my weed. Okay? <laughs> Whenever I buy weed, hey, come on! Hey, Larry, come here, man! Smoke a joint with me, man! I'll burn one of you. Let's match one. Man, I got tired of that. Yeah. But I sit over there by Paul. Man, they didn't want nothing to do with me. <laughs> wow, I found a spot. Because they were scared of the pigeons? Yeah, they didn't yeah. like the birds. Yeah. Yay! I found somewhere to sit where they wouldn't bother me no more. Wow. <laughs> I never heard that story. Yeah. Wow. 
So you just started hanging out with, with the pigeons because and you wanted people, to get away from people who, who wanted to smoke your pot. Yeah, okay. and then because anywhere <laughs> in the park I would go, then fuckers would follow me. Right, right. But uh, I'd go there and sit by Paul. They wouldn't get near me. Okay. So, and then after Paul left, um, I'd be sitting in the birds start landing on me and then people started walking up and handing me money. So, <laughs> <laughs> why panhandle anymore? Just sit there with birds on you. People give you money. Right. Cool. Larry says he can't believe people actually pay him for just being himself. Yeah. Right. Well, then when, when did you bond a love for the pigeons? Because it seems like at first you just did it out of necessity, but n- now it's very clear to anyone who passes by you that you really love these birds. Oh, yeah, it's because I've gotten to know them. Right. That's what people need to do. They need to get off of that damn cell phone uh-huh. and wake up. Right. Well, if it wasn't for the damn cell phone, I don't know you'd I be know. as famous. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Because right? now people yeah. can see you from all over the world and come, come to visit you. They do. They come I from know. all over the world. You know, one time, it was really funny. One time I was going through the, walking through the park and... Uh, all, all the regulars stopped me and said, "Oh, they're this this group from China, and and they you got to talk to them. You got to talk to them." So I found them and I said, "I'm sorry, I can't talk to you because I'm running late and I have to go." And well, we uh, can you wait 15 minutes? I'll, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And oh no, no, 15 minutes? No, we don't have 15 minutes. I said, "Well, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm late picking up Doris from the salon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every Friday I used to take and pick up Doris from uh-huh. the salon. <laughs> she gets her hair done. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden they went." Doris? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> said, Doris is rolling her eyes right now. Yeah. I said, yeah, Doris. Oh, okay, we wait. I said, and while you're waiting, look down there. There's Larry. Uh-huh. And they went, <gasps> oh my god. Larry, yep. it turned out they were incredible fans of Ricky Science. Oh work. my god. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> and they couldn't believe, right? And then they spent they spent the day with Doris, right? Walking <laughs> around the park, feed, feeding the squirrels, wow. learning to know the pigeons, right? Remember? Yeah. Ricky wasn't even there that day. Yeah. But yep. it still made their day, didn't it, Doris? Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah d- Larry, do, do people who know you now? Yeah. Yeah? They know you by name? Yep. They know me, too. They know Doris, And they know too. Doris, <laughs> yep. That's incredible. What do you think about that, Doris? Hey, and you know what, Nick? It's all your fault. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't take all the blame. But oh, yeah, Doris, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, within the past 10, ten years or so, uh, the Internet, social media has, has become such a big thing. I yeah. feel like that, that exposes you more. More people know about you Good. because mm-hmm. of social media yeah. and the internet. You know, like people, pe- I, whether you know it or not, people are constantly taking photos of you, you yeah, know, I whether know. it be with, with your puppet or if you're just, you know, sitting next to, um, to Colin um, because or you're feeding very... The squirrels. Or feeding the squirrels. Yeah. Uh, and you end up on social media. Do, do you like that or would you rather be more under the radar? Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother you? No. And what about you, Larry? You love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Everywhere I go, people know who I am. That's and sometimes crazy. he says, oh, it's so hard being so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know it what's is. crazy, Larry? If you went, I bet if you went to like L.A. and started pig- feeding the pigeons there, I feel like people would still know you. They, they probably would. Because <laughs> people come from all over the world now and meet them. They yep. you know, and like you say, with the media the way it is, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. Well, my thing, and this is what I tell everybody, I feel like Larry is probably one of the most photographed people in New York City. And doesn't he photograph beautifully? He does. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. He's one of the most photographed yeah. people in New York City. Yeah. And if New York City is the most important city in the world, which, you know, some could argue it's not, but let's all, uh, you know, yeah. it is, it is. <laughs> then Larry's well, yeah, the they most got the United Nations here, so it's got to be, right? Sure. The headquarters for it, but, so. But uh, by process of elimination, that makes Larry the most photographed person in the world. Yeah. Did, did, did you set up the Instagram account for him? Does he have an Instagram account? Yeah, who said it? I thought you said No, he has a hashtag. Yeah. He doesn't have an account, though. No, oh, I don't have an account. But there are thousands of pictures on it. Oh, well, it's just a hashtag. Oh, okay. And he, right. that's his fault. Every time I see him with, with someone new, he says, Hashtag Larry the Bird, man. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they'll post his photo and they'll hashtag <laughs> it. Uh, but he's smart. He's a he's, he's good. He's a marketing smart. genius. He's very you know? very don't, smart. Don't don't let uh don't let the looks fool you. He's yeah. a he's a smart a smart cookie. He's very know? smart. He even tells the judge when he has to go to court. Whenever he gets <laughs> yep, 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 yep. You tell the judge that you're smart. The judge, all the court people, even yeah. even the cops oh, in there. Yeah. Oh, you all of a sudden, they, oh, and, and, yeah, then they go. Like, 
wow, man, check it out. He really does. He's got a costume. Yeah, I can hear him the yelling down the thing, hallway. Larry and I had occasion to be together at the 6th Precinct recently. Oh. I've oh. never seen somebody welcomed and greeted the way Larry was. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> hey, Birdman. Hey, Larry, how you doing? And they got everybody coming up, talking to him, and so on and you so know, forth. You know, speaking <laughs> of, speak, what precinct? Sixth. Six. Oh, the sixth. Is that, that's China? The West Village. Oh, West no, Village. West Village. So, um, I don't, I must have told you this. I don't know if I told you this, but I got arrested four years ago for putting up a sticker of Larry the Bird. Oh, yeah, yes, you yes, told yes, us yes, that. I didn't know it was Larry. Remember you put up a yeah, sticker? I put up a sticker. Yeah, I put up a sticker. I put up a sticker of a Larry the Birdman cartoon that I had made by a friend of mine yeah. um, for, the, for the web series that I was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I stuck it on an ATM machine, and a cop was right in front of me. And he saw the whole thing, and he looks at me, and he's like, what are you doing? I said, and I play, you know, I know you're not technically supposed to do that, so I played it, pleaded ignorant. I was like, oh, I didn't know that I was not supposed to do that. And he looks at the sticker, and he goes, I'm going to have to arrest you, man. So he arrested me. And then on the way, he was asking me, because he was actually, he was a fairly nice guy, mm-hmm. cause I, mainly because I was being respectful to him, because I was hoping he would let me go. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was asking me in the car, so what was, what's that sticker? And he says, oh, I said, it's, you know, it's, it's a, car- a cartoon of this, this bird man in Washington Square Park. He's famous. You should check him out. <laughs> and I was like, you've never seen him before? He's like, no, I don't think I've ever seen him. I was like, you ever go to Washington Square Park? He says, nah. So I said, oh, well, next time you go to Washington Square Park, Washington Square Park, look, at, look out for him. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you ever. Well, the sticker, there's still a sticker at Mamoon's. Oh yeah, that same sticker is still in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's the sticker that got yeah. me arrested. Yeah. So this 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 guy I got him indirectly arrested. got me arrested. <laughs> he got me a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah, who's um, next, Doris? <laughs> <laughs> but the Doris, you been arrested? Not even protesting back in the no. day. Really? Did you try yeah. to once get in the car or something when they were arresting or something? It was something you told me you tried to get in the police car or something. No? You remember? No. no? No, I never got arrested. Aww. Wow. Not even at a protest. No. Wow. Good Aww. for you. See what no. happens when you wear Good a fancy you. black dress and yeah, high heels. Exactly. a white pig. I got arrested at one of my first protests. Okay. Yeah. It was uh about four years ago. And I I got arrested. What, at Occupy? Uh, no, what it was uh the Eric Garner verdict. Oh, um, uh, and I, I got ar- I got arrested with with my three best friends, and we actually had a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good yeah, time. We have fun whenever we ha- get arrested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. We have a blast when should we go to court. Should, should do it more often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I go through the park, the police always say hello to me. There you of go. Of course, no. everybody watches out for Doris. Come on, well, Doris. let's we you know let's let's hope that this band gets killed. Because can you imagine if you see Doris feeding a squirrel a peanut and then they cuff her? Well, here's, here's <laughs> George is yeah. laughing because she wow. knows that'll never happen. And this is really interesting because George, who runs the park, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce George Volonicus. Yeah, Volonicus, and he also is the, conser- the the Washington Square Park Conservancy, mm-hmm. which seems to me a little too yeah. cozy, but nevertheless is. He was at one of the civic meetings. It was Friends of Washington Square Park, I think. You couldn't make it to the meeting because you were still at another meeting. Remember, I told you what he said, mm-hmm. and what he said was they weren't. This is. This is before the ban was introduced. Mm-hmm. This was about a year ago or nine months ago. And he said they weren't going to, inf- they co- he couldn't stop people from feeding the pigeons and the squirrels because there was this little old lady who everybody absolutely <laughs> adored, <laughs> he doesn't name Darth, who insists on feeding the squirrels oh my God. <laughs> and the pigeons. And therefore, there's not a thing he can do about it. Wow. Yeah, that was that was really funny. Yeah, yeah he, he and I had a couple of run-ins. And uh, uh, he got to the point where he understood that he was not going to put bully, bully me. Wow. And, uh, man. I like the way that he named the dog park after himself. <laughs> yeah, he named the dog park. Yeah. He, he's unreal. His I'm ego is you. like... Is beyond the beyond. What is it, George's Dog Park or something like that? Yeah. It's his name. It's <laughs> yeah. You Jesus. walk out, the next time you're down there, walk out in front where they take yeah. the dogs into the front of the dog park. And look at that sign right there. And it says George's Dog Run or some, something like that. But his name is there. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't notice this until recently, but the, the Dosa Man has become very popular. The guy who sells the dosas in the cart. 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's he's he, he, he you talking about the Indian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for years. Oh, really? Yeah. Because there was a line the that was like going out the park. Oh, Nick, the guy over Nick, there by the years. For years he's had. Yeah, I never saw that crowd. He sells out oh, yeah. and shuts down. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah. That guy's been there for a guy. He's been there ever since I've been there. And that's oh, God going on ten years now. Jeez. Yeah, he's been there for a very long time. And if you sit there and you look at the uh, look at the side of his cart, he's got uh, the villager. He's got yeah, no, I know. He's got a lot of press. Yeah. yeah. And his food's very good. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. He used to give it to me for free. It's just a little busier <laughs> when it's when it's um you know when NYU's in session. That's all. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. I've seen the line go all the way all the way to the tables. That long. All the way to the, the, to the tables there on the corner. Larry, can I ask you a question? What? Why are you wearing shades? I don't know. Because he feels cool. He feels yeah. like he's a musician Because they, ma- they match his shirt. He's on a radio No, it's because he just got them and they match his shirt. That's why. Like I've never seen Larry in like a nice polo before. <laughs> wow. Larry has totally cleaned up his act. Sometimes he really he has. He really sharp. Yeah. Larry, you've totally cleaned up your act, man. Yeah. All right, time for you to get dirty then. <laughs> He even bought a new gi last week to match his puppet. He's back yeah. out with his puppet again. Oh, did you see the the sculpture that my friend made? Yes. Did you show Larry? Yeah, then I showed. I did with the yeah. bird on top of the head. Oh yeah. So my friend, my friend Jack Cox did a uh, did a sculpture of of Larry. Um, he makes it out of I believe he makes it out of clay. I think it's great. I love it. I think it. that he could use some of your hair. <laughs> so if you're, willing, if you're willing to donate some hair, um, there we go with the, the donation of the hair. The, the reason we're laughing is because Larry's puppet has his own hair, and yeah. he always tells people, "That's my real well, hair." It looks like it looks like my hair anyway. Yeah. No, I, I think it could look more like your hair. Larry, um, Larry, t- go ahead, tell people how the puppet has what? What's on your puppet's head? My real hair. <laughs> See, even his voice is getting more normal. I know, right? He so Jack said that he would uh, put it on a chain and give it to you if you wanted to oh, wear it on wow. a chain. Sure. Yeah. Would you wear it? Yeah. How Here, big show is Doris. it? How big is it? I didn't. Uh, it's not big. But then there, I saw something posted on Instagram that I think was yes. Larry's head without the bird. It. Yeah, it's both. Oh. Yeah. I, I like it with the bird. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The bird's <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, Ryan, how are we doing on time? Fifty. Fifty, cool. Um, anything else, guys? Anything you want to say, Larry? No. Just anything you want to tell? So now that now that you everybody have just call a congressman and tell them that councilman, 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 congressman, whatever. You know. Yep. You heard it from the from, diaper. From the the diaper mouth. people—they cry too much. Yep. You send them a bunch of diapers and napkins. What else, Larry? What else you got to say to the people? Um. I don't know. Keep feeding the animals. Keep feeding the Regardless, animals. Regardless, we'll all be criminals. Yay. What about um? So now that it's getting nicer out, you're gonna be uh, doing more karate in the in the park. Oh, you want to film me? I want to film you. Yeah, I want to film you do some karate moves in the park. In your new gi. Can you believe that, Larry? How old are you again? Fifty-three. Fifty-three, and he has the moves like he's, he's totally seventeen. Lied. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. His, his high kick. Yeah. It like reaches his head. It's yeah. insane. It goes over. It goes over his head. Yeah. yeah he's no, very stealth. He can disappear into the dark. And yeah. where d- where did you learn these moves? You just taught yourself? No. Oh. Who who taught you? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee I taught you. I used to spar with a lot of people. Chuck Norris, Van Damme, Steven Seagal, Patrick Swayze. What? I was going I was going to <laughs> I, I I grew up with Kenneth Frank Shimlock. Do you know who they are? No. Okay, you ever hear UFC? Yeah. Okay, I was going to train to go into UFC when I, while I was a Bell's bondsman, but I grew up with them guys, and we were all training to get into the UFC. Really? Yeah. And then I got arrested, and they ended up just went without me, and hell, look at them now. Now they teach people that shit. Wait, so they, they were all Bell bondsmen too? No, no, no. They were just... They, I grew up with them. We used okay. to all party in Ocean Beach, man. Everybody go down to the dog beach parking lot and everybody party. But we were all in the martial arts, so we decided to start a UFC club. Really? And that's back when they started coming out. It was like in the 80s. It really came out in the 90s. Uh-huh. But me, Ken, Frank, um, and there was a couple other ones. Uh, oh, God, what was his name? Uh, he was in the Mongols. Rick Slayton, that was his name. Okay. In the Mongols. And then yeah. what about, when did Bruce Lee come into play? Well, that, he taught me martial arts, man, when I was a kid. When you were a kid? Yeah. In San Diego? 
Yeah, he's from, you know he's from Seattle, right? Bruce Lee? Oh, God, man. Hello? <laughs> wow. Man. Wait, so how did Bruce Lee teach you kar- karate when you were he, a kid? He did a bunch of people. He taught me. He taught uh, Kareem Abdul-Zubar, uh, oh, Chuck Norris. Are uh, these like private lessons? or are Yeah. You private lessons? You didn't know that, that Bruce Lee... Uh, Chuck Norris, my no. slot, really? Well, wow. that makes See? a little more sense than Larry the Bird. There's a lot of us that he trained. So d- did he have like classes or he just no, came individual. to your house? Individual. Yeah. And how, do you, how did you set up a lesson with him? Um, he just, he just, uh, it, it was nothing about paying for lessons. Right. He, didn't, he didn't do it that way. So See, he saw potential here, in you? Here's, here's the way that they do martial arts. Okay. Okay. In China, Japan, over there, okay, you don't have to pay to, right. to learn martial arts. It's a tradition over there. Okay. Okay? Believe me, man. And then kids will kick your ass. It ain't no joke. You know why? Because over here, the way the Americans teach it, they put the pads on and they do No, 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 no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Over there, the teacher teaches you. The sensei shows you this is the move. Right. This is how you deflect it. Practice it and learn. Right. Because when I come back next week, I'm not holding back any punches. Okay. And they don't hold back punches. Right. It's not a joke. They don't hold your hand. When, it, when, that, when the sensei hits you, you're going to feel it. Right. And you better learn how to, to block it. Right. <laughs> right. But so that's how you really learn martial arts. It's not the way Americans do it. Sure. Put sure. on the pads and go out. Man, get the fuck out of here. Wow. Shit. Wow. So Larry learned karate from Bruce Lee. It's the first time I ever heard that. Unbelievable. Why do you think that I'm so good? <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, have you seen his moves? Of course. <laughs> I, I see a little bit of Bruce Lee in there. Okay. Um, wow. All right. Well, anything, anything else from you, Doris? Anything else you want to leave, leave on? Well, a lot of the um, things that go on, people don't understand, and they don't catch up with the fact that something's going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we... I go to meetings and, and people sitting there and they um, don't have the slightest idea of what they're talking about mm-hmm. or what they should be talking about. And, uh, you know, it, it really takes a, g- a good amount of, of um, pressure on your, your part mm-hmm. to get out there and do something about what's sure. going on. And uh, so the... Uh, you know, most of the stuff that I learned, I, I self-taught, like the zoning. Mm-hmm. When I got the books on the zoning, I sat down and I read them and figured out how it worked. Mm-hmm. And then I started teaching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the other stuff that I learned, I learned by myself. Right. I learned cooking. I learned uh, all sorts of art. Art. I, I you was a painter. You became the dance critic, right? You yeah, I was a dance critic. <laughs> wow. And I was a painter, and I I did, you know... And she's a pretty good photographer, actually, too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the the funny thing about the uh, dance critic was my husband was a music critic. Mm-hmm. And I was working in an office at the time, and I called up one day from the office, and I said... Um, I didn't have time to go to the grocery store. Can you go to the grocery store and get the groceries for tonight? Mm. And he said, I am an artist. I don't have time to go shopping. <laughs> so I thought, wait a minute. So about a week later, I went down to the paper, and I said, I'd like to do a comment for the paper. And the guy said, have you ever done one before? And I said, of course, which I hadn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, um, all right, you can do one, and then we'll see if we, you know, and the first thing I did got printed. Wow. So then I said to my husband, now you can't use that as an excuse anymore. I'm an artist too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still have that story? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Did did he ever go food shopping though after that? Oh yeah, he occasionally went. But uh, I I was a dance critic for almost 20 years, I guess. Oh wow. And I covered everything from the New York City Ballet to uh, jazz dance. So w- did that become your profession? Yeah, that was... Oh, wow. What I was working at. You know, um, these, these, these uh, city politicians are like weathermen. They sit in a room like this and they try to predict stuff for everybody else and they don't even get it right. 
Good do analogy. They have, do they ever get out of the, come down there to the park sometime if, if any of these Seriously. Polish city politicians hear this? Yeah. Come down to Washington Square Park. Don't be scared. Come out of your office. You don't need your bodyguards or none of that. Like yep. the Blasio, I saw you when you came in there when we had the protest. <laughs> if you watch this, man, what are you scared of? A bunch of people? Come on. Scared really? of a bunch of birds? You gotta, he's got to have that many bodyguards every day to go from his car to the front door. You believe that? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you had to pass security to be in, at City Hall these days to begin with. True. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. But how about if he just comes down there? Don't need no bodyguards. Just come down there and hang out. You know, hey man, crack open a beer, you know. And, <laughs> hey, why not? There's no drinking in the park. I don't, I don't, I don't you think can't the do anything can in crack, the park crack open, open a beer with, with the park oh, people. Oh, come on. Well, the that funniest cool, thing, though. when they had the reopening of the park after the, the reconstruction stuff, they asked the regulars not to not to be there that day because the mayor and the parks yeah. commission oh. like yeah. they didn't want Paul there they didn't want Larry yep. there they didn't want Fuck people who were yeah 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 they wanted it pristine and like yeah, oh sterile so yeah so they made it invitation only you couldn't come to the park they made it to what was invitation only they wouldn't allow anybody in the park that's crazy it was too funny yeah. Yeah. what about you Alyssa what do you want to end on oh what do I want to <coughs> end on I don't know so much going on you know I don't know what I want to <laughs> end on. I, you know, how many times can we repeat that people <laughs> really got to... You can you repeat know, it one more time. They, 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 they really have to... Well, they can just rerun the podcast yeah. for the numbers and yeah. the address, but they really got to get involved. Yeah. If, they, if, they, if they like what they see... Yeah. You know, even it's if they don't this is serious. This is serious. Right. Even, yeah, well, even if they don't live in New York City, even if they're tourists, you know... Yeah. We, they should let their voices be known because mm -hmm. New York belongs to the world, really. Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody should be involved because that's something really, really special that doesn't happen in other parts of the world. Absolutely. You got to mm -hmm. remember, I'm a tourist attraction. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all are. I, I, we all, we all are. Come, people come to the park to see us. And if you oh. guys follow me on Instagram and are fans of, of Doris and and Larry and Ricky and everybody like you know you gotta you gotta act on this cause Come on, if, if they do don't it. have their their friends to, to hang out with then yeah like the picture it one, doesn't one cost thing, you anything. this is my favorite and they can find it on the internet if they google uh, puppet with squirrel mm -hmm. that it's gone global there's this fabulous picture of Doris holding little Doris the marionette who has a peanut in her mm. hand feeding the squirrel. Yep. And that has gone global yep. constantly where people are playing with the image and different size squirrels and puppets and yeah. Doris. Then they got a puppet holding a, 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 a thing like a marionette on Doris yeah. with Doris doing her puppet yeah. feeding the squirrel. I, yeah. I thought that was what, The giant squirrel yeah. holding. Yes. Yeah, the giant yeah. squirrel <laughs> is using Doris yeah. as a puppet yeah. holding little Doris feeding the real squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. And we won't yeah. have we won't have those images anymore if the if if the parks department gets their way and there's just no reason the, the, all their arguments are have been totally false. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. You know, there's a lot going on and a lot of negativity and more and more restrictions that, you know, and Big Brother and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. This is something little people can do that, yeah. that brings joy. Oh, and one last thing about that, and that is it's healing for the people who do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a violation of their civil rights to prevent them mm -hmm. because it's part of their spirituality to be at one with nature. Right. And even if you're, if you're a follower of, you know, the... the um, what do they call people who follow the good book? What, you know, if you're, if you're Muslim or you're, or you're Christian or you're Jewish, right? In the Bible, isn't one of the first things in the Bible about how humans are supposed to care for the animals? Yeah. Isn't that one of the first passages yeah. in the Bible? It is, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the human's job is to care for the animals. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a violation of our religious freedom to prevent us from caring exactly. for the animals. There you go. And we're, we're ready to do a lawsuit over it. They, the city should know. The Parks Department should know. De Blasio should know. Everybody should know that yep. we're ready to have a lawsuit over this. It's just... You know, maybe compared to, you know, Trump, you know, belittling and imprisoning immigrants, this is nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, may, may it, it, in, the, in the realm of people getting blown apart, maybe this is nothing. Mm -hmm. But it is our little world, right. you know, and it's something that we deeply care about. And we, again, please yeah. participate. Very well said. Now the other day in the park, I had a cold group of tourists were there. 
and they were absolutely fascinated by the fact that I would call the squirrels and the squirrel would come over and take the peanut out of my hand. Mm -hmm. And I had about six squirrels and they were rotating, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the tourists were absolutely fascinated by seeing somebody feeding the squirrels. And and the squirrels coming over to me, you know. Well, well said. All right. Let's uh, let's do our best, people. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do it. Don't uh, don't George. don't talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. Right. Come and be part of it. Um. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. This was great. Uh, hope to have you guys on again soon. Sure. Uh, sure. Ryan, go ahead and take us out. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. It's a public park. You can do whatever you want.